Can you get the door, Han? I'm a bit stuck Okay, yeah, it. sure, sure, sure. Um, okay, uh, it's a package. Oh. Yeah, are uh, you expecting anything? No. Uh, right. Uh, do, you, do you wanna do you wanna open open it oh, up? Oh, that that that's larger. Yeah, it's a it's it's fairly heavy, fairly large, and it's got holes in it. I mean, maybe maybe the delivery people just handled it a little roughly. That is true. Well, hopefully everything in there is okay. Well, I mean, it's, it is addressed to the householder. Um, I mean that it that I suppose is us. I guess. I mean, I could I could. Give the house a hug. Probably not all at once, but I could yeah. hug bits. I don't of know it. if I could ho- hold hold it up, but yeah. I can hold on to it. Yeah. Okay. Well. Oh. 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 Well. Uh. It's a capybara. A capybara. Yes. We seem to have been, according to this paper, issued a capybara. Uh. The the big the big sort of like a big guinea pig. Yeah. See, big friend. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Hi. Oh. Where where's it off to? I don't know. Where's oh, where's, uh, where's Huh. Oh, it's got a uh, got a flipboard there. Oh. Which uh, which you which you which you presenting, I guess, the uh, their little friend. I'm not uh-huh. sure. Mm-hmm. Collective action. Yeah, how we can get more involved in our own community. Okay. Huh. It seems like there are capybara based plans to overthrow capitalism. I, mean, I, I can, am down, tiny comrade. I, I could certainly get beyond, behind that. Because it's such a cute little fuzzy butt. Yeah! Yeah! Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eyre's Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we're wifey types, I have a bit of a catch-up about media we've consumed in the week while doing silly voices and skits and just generally having having a bit of a silly little catch-up together. Silly little catch-up? Yeah. How are you doing? How am I doing? Well, I think, um, think I'm doing mostly okay. Yeah, you've recovered from the sleepy weekend. Uh, I have had an entirely different sleepy weekend. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm consequently quite sleepy. Yeah, but, but, but differently. Not as sleepy as, as at the weekend. Yes, I guess. (laughs) I've had, I don't know, maybe 12 hours sleep since the weekend, since when I woke up on Saturday morning. That is some sleep more than had previously been had. I guess I cannot argue with that Uh, logic. Yeah, what about you? I'm all right. I... I played I played a thing today Ooh. and it sure it sure impacted my state of being. So okay. should we should we start by talking about what we played this week? Sure. Because I'm going traditional. Uh, yeah, I'm going I'm going to talk about I'm I'm just going to jump in and talk about the thing that everyone has seemingly been talking about this past week and everyone has been expecting me to have an opinion on this week. Ah. Let's talk about Pal World. Sure. Um, that game that if you've seen any trailers for it in the last couple of years, you probably know it as that one that's Pokemon with sweatshops and guns. Um, okay. I've yet to see any sweatshops or guns, but that is definitely how the game was seemingly being marketed. Um, every trailer for Pal World prior to its early access release was, here's Pokemon, but also... Pikachu's got an AK-47, and the, the, your Vulpix is working in the mines for you, or whatever. Okay. And I've played about five hours of Palworld now. 
mainly so that when people keep asking, am I going to play it, I can say I did. I My opinion has not changed since I watched footage of it and it didn't seem like it was going to be for me. Right. Because the first things I saw of this game that just didn't seem like they were my vibe was, oh, you can capture humans in Pokeballs and then feed them into the meat grinder. And that was kind of the first thing I heard about it. Too. Yeah, like, that was one of the first things I saw about it. And, like, combined with the trailers, I was like, it just seems like it's Pokemon but trying to be edgy. And that's just not a vibe that I'm particularly excited by. And having played it now, I'm not particularly interested in the game, but for none of the reasons I thought I would be uninterested in it. Because right. it's not really a Pokemon game. It's an open-world resource-gathering... It's, o- it's a sort of survival-crafting game hmm. where you are constantly gathering resources to build a slightly better version of a thing you've already built in your base to... Uh, build walls to defend your base or beds for your Pokemon to sleep in while they're working on projects or this thing to, you know, to to produce new kinds of resources. And it's just a constant list of things to be building to get more resources to build more things to get more resources to build more things that kind of has a Pokemon game in it a little bit. Uh Um, If I was going to compare it to a Pokemon game, the, the closest one I would compare it to is Pokemon Legends Arceus. And not necessarily in, like, a good way. I love Pokemon Legends Arceus. I, I don't mean to make the comparison as as a point of praise. But it does have some similarities in that you go and craft, get resources from the world which you use to craft your Pokeball equivalents. You run out into a big open world, throw your Pokeball at the Pokemon to either try and catch it outright or throw your Pokemon out at it to battle it in the open world. And then once it's weakened, throw your Pokeball at it. It's right. It's got that sort of vibe, and there's elements uh, that are familiar to Legends Arceus in that regard. But battles are not turn-based battles, nor are they real-time battles you are in control of. You throw out your Pokémon and just sort of hope that it attacks. Its attacks are automated and kind of slow, and... You can't select which of its attacks it's going to do at any one time. Okay. It just sort of auto-battles. The sort of Xenoblade rules? Something like Xenoblade would at least let you select what attacks were happening while you ran around in real time. This is just... It's like if the only thing was the 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 like the, the basic attacks that you do in Xenoblade where you're just swinging your sword, if that was the whole right. combat system. But at least in that, your sword swings are pretty regular. Whereas in this, it's like selecting attacks from your list of attacks and just sort of doing them at random. And it's not very clear how you, like, tell your Pokemon which Pokemon in the world to go attack, which will lead to sometimes things like, you know how in Xenoblade sometimes there'll be a massively overleveled creature you just don't want to pick a fight with? Hmm. Yeah, sometimes your Pokemon will just go run over to one of those that's, like, 40 levels above it and just start picking a fight for no reason. Okay. Um, And that's not fun. Because here's the other thing about th- comparing this to Pokemon. If your Pokemon get knocked out... You have to wait ten real-world minutes for them to be revived. Is there at least something fun to do in the meantime? Well, I think the intention is you have to go back to your camp and like put your team of Pokémon into the box to recover. So I think the intention is you will use that time to do more of the base-building stuff. Right. But like, if you're in the mode where you're like, I've done everything I want to do at the camp right now. I just want to... I want to go out and just do Pokémon. Yeah. It kind of prevents you getting into a flow of like... Because, you know, if, if something like... My Pokemon, uh, my creature went and attacked a high level thing without me wanting it to, and just my team got wiped. 
accidentally because of that. Mm. You know, I just want to jump right back in and just get back to what I was doing, ignoring that one thing I accidentally hit. Yeah. Or if I'm if I've made it to a boss and I got like seventy five percent of the way through beating it and just just slightly failed, I don't want to have to wait ten minutes for my good team to recover. Right. And uh, what I ended up doing was making a second version of my team of creatures that was in the box that were, I was sort of leveling at the same time so that if one fainted, I could use the other one for 10 minutes and then swap back. But like that kind of defeats the purpose of how I want to play a thing that's like Pokemon. I want to get attached to my one specific one of a creature. Yeah. I want to go, that's my one and that's in my team and I feel attached to it. Not, mm. it's a disposable or I'll swap out for the identical kind of similar level team. Yeah. So like, there's that. It's such a mismatch, a mix match of like so many different things because it's kind of auto battle a Pokemon. It's it's trying to be Breath of the Wild in places with like the, the it has a glider mechanic and you can climb up walls and your stamina limits your ability to climb up sheer rock walls. Yeah, so it's got a bit of that. It's got all of these things are layered on top of what is like at its core mostly just a b- build your base, build new buildings kind of game. Mm-hmm. And it is a game that is like really built in a way to breed compulsion. Um and what I mean by that is you never have a moment where it's not telling you the next thing you should be building. Right. And not one for natural stopping points. Yeah. So like the way that the leveling system works for your base is if you want to level up your base, uh which you need to do for things like um Unlocking new uh, types of building you can do at the base, which you might need for improving your your Pokemon, or you know, uh, being able to have more Pokemon working on your farm on things at any one time. It's like, okay, these are the next things you need to do to get your next level up on the farm. And when uh, when you're in your base, those are constantly on screen. It's like, hey, these things. It's it's only like two things. That's gonna gonna take you no time at all to like right. build those two things. And as soon as you build those two things, there's another two things that you need to build. Mm. And it's there's no good stopping point. It is a game that is do the thing to do the thing to make the number go up to do the thing to do the thing to make the number go up forever. Forever. And I played like five hours of this in one sitting, and I simultaneously felt like I had done nothing fulfilling with that time. Mm. It was an entire waste of time, while also going, I was really hooked into that 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 loop, and it really got its hooks in me. And if I let it, I would play hundreds of hours of this and then walk away going, why didn't I play something better with these hundreds of hours? Mm. Like, I can feel that itch scratching at me. And I'm like, this is not the game for me. One of those things you'd kind of end up rage playing it's, just to yeah. get through it. I feel like it would be like the way I felt the first time I played No Man's Sky. Where I was like, I just mm. need to put it th- this down or I'm going to lose days to it that I can't afford to lose to yeah. it. And not and not even like I spent days having a great time. It's I spent days doing a list of things because there was a list of things telling me to do things. Yeah. There is... Like, there are some things about it that are interesting. I understand why people enjoy it. If you're really, really, really into that kind of um, survival crafting base building game, Mm. and you have the time to get into that kind of obsessive loop, and you don't mind, you know, maybe you have a second screen activity on while you're doing it, I can see how this game could get its claws in you in a way that, like, if you don't have to think about how you're spending your time you know, might might come across as, I'm playing so much of this, it it may be, uh, that means I like it. Yeah, it's got some things that are unique to it. I, it's interesting that you can. Uh, so again, comparing it to something like po- Pokemon Legends Arceus, there were 
Pokemon could attack you in that, and you had to, like, dodge out the way. And there's a similar mechanic here, and it comes into play when, like, not just, you know, auto-battling uh, wild Pokemon or bosses. You can make weapons for yourself, and, like, as far as I made it, I had a bow and arrow, I made some poison arrows. And I went to, like, the first boss of the game, and while my Pokemon was auto-battling, I was, you know, fighting with a bow and arrow. And I wasn't doing... I wasn't doing much damage compared to what my Pokemon were doing to mm. the boss. But I felt more engaged by what I was doing because I was actually involved in that. Like, I was doing one-tenth, maybe, of the damage my Pokemon were doing. But I was like, I'm actually playing the game here. And not just running away and letting my Pokemon just sort of auto-do the game. Right. And uh, it, it's just weird. I, I can... I, I don't blame anyone who enjoys it. But my my gut feeling that this game wasn't going to be for me has played out, but not for any of the reasons I thought it would. Like, mm. the game hasn't pushed me to go, get a machine gun and shoot Jigglypuff in the face, and it's not, like, you know, encouraged me to, to put, you know, uh, Nurse Joy in the mincer or whatever, but, like, it's just a very... It's a game that feels like it was entirely built around the kind of mechanics that mobile games use to get people obsessively playing whether they're enjoying it or not. Mm. And again, I think the the 10 minute cooldown on revives was the thing that really sticks in my head because got real you've got run out of energy for the day. It it specifically had vibes of you either it, the game never did this, but it felt constantly like it was going to go you either wait 10 minutes or pay some premium currency eonium gems to mm. you know to to revive them right now. It it felt like a game designed to be a mobile, freemium, like uh, pay-to-win kind of game that just didn't have those mechanics there, so you didn't have the option to skip the wait. Right. You just had the "I'm not enjoying that I'm having to wait" of it, mm. and those mechanics are weird. Also, you have to really heavily engage in the in the base building survival thing because you cannot level your Pokemon up if you don't. Because your Pokemon's max level is tied to the level of you and your base building. So if your Pokemon go above that level, they just sort of go, nope, we're going to forcibly bring them down to the level that you're at, go back and do more stuff at the base. And it, like, you have to, you have to be okay with the fact that it will stop you playing it like a Pokemon game and go, no, go back and do base building. Mm. Like, there's a few different mechanics that go, were you having fun playing Pokemon? No, go back and do base building. Right. And, like, that feels really at odds with the fact that this game clearly wants itself to feel like something like Breath of the Wild. Mm. It's trying to feel like a Breath of the Wild, but it's constantly going, yeah, come back to that one location you made that you are kind of tethered to and do do this. Don't do what you want to be doing. Come come back and do this. This is your job. Yeah. Do your job. It's got a weird vibe to it, but also I spent five hours playing it when I only intended to spend a couple I spent a couple more hours than I intended to on it, on this game, that I look back and go, I didn't actually necessarily enjoy that, but I felt compelled to keep playing it. So, mm. yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling about Pal World. So not a strong recommendation, then? No. More power to you if you're enjoying it, but I, it's not for me. I'll stick to my Pokemon. Thank you. Stick with the original. Yeah. What about you? What have you been playing this week? Um, I have, I think I talked a little bit about this last week, I have played a bunch more of Stardew Valley, the board game. Yeah, you have. Yeah. You've uh, been playing some single player and stuff. Yes, I've played like six games of single player since last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I am really enjoying it. I am starting to get sort of strategies together for, for how it works and understanding some of the basic mechanics. Things like community center stuff. Mm. 
where you've got all those different cards. You've got six rooms that you've got to try and um, resolve bundles for yeah. b- by the end of the game. Basically little hidden objectives. So I've, I've started to understand, obviously, how how they are patterned. Okay. So there's one that is always some amount of gold will need to be given to it. Okay. And so I can sort of plan ahead for, okay, I need to assume that this is going to be at, at 10 gold. Yeah. If it's less than that when I get there, that's fine. Okay, um, yeah. Things like the last one is always going to be a mineral or a um the the other the thing that's on the other side of the mineral tiles. yeah the the green and brown sides of that double sided tile yeah or a bug meat mm. both all of those can, can be a little faffy to get especially if you've left it a bit late in the game to to pick that up yeah there's ones lots of one different ones ones for fishing mm-hmm. it's usually a legendary or something from a particular place, a legendary or something from a different place, or a legendary or any crab item. Mm. So there's, there's, it's always asking you to do sort of something, but there are alternatives. Variations on a theme. Yes. And I'm feeling pretty good about that. And, and also we talked, I think, previously about the fact that the first two have a possibility of maybe being something seasonal. Yes. So worth uncovering them as early as possible otherwise you're going to be spending extra hearts yeah swapping them in out order to swap for replacement for something ones, you can yeah. do um and that's a nice idea it means you'd not completely wrecked yourself yeah but certainly in solo it does become like a heavy game of maths yeah. of okay how much money do i need exactly yeah how how what is the best way to get that as quickly as possible without wrecking other things and not going I just make money. I make lots of money. I do money things, and then that—that's fine. I just keep going on that, right? No, because very few of the missions are solely about money. Like yeah. a lot of them will involve crops. A lot, some of them will involve crops of a certain type. Then there's building things, possibility of animals, upgrading your starting tools. Mm. Uh, one good thing about solo that sort of does help a bit with respecking later in the game when you have. You've only got one class, and you've you're stuck to your starting item. Yeah. But you can take any three um, proficiency cards mm. when you're you you draw between seasons. Usually, between seasons, you only draw one card or two cards okay. rather, and pick one. In um in solo, you can put, pull any three, and they can be from any set of um, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, any of the starting any classes. Of the, any starting. Yeah, classes. you can you can do a little bit of multi-classing. Yes. Uh, which certainly helps with, okay, yeah, I've got a big mission to do, a bunch of farming, and a big mission to do fishing or mining or stuff. Yeah. Like, and I've, I've been a little bit kind to myself lately while I'm trying to get used to it. Yeah. I'm sticking to the starting season cards. I did try a couple where I played with just whatever. Hmm. I see what they mean in the manual when they say the cards they recommend... Which, They've they've got a particular mark on them. They tend to be more even and more balanced than everything else. It's not that you're seeing anything particularly unusual, but overall the mix of things that will happen per season is sort of a little bit more understandable. Yeah. And a little bit more workable. Like, potentially you can get lots of different things going on, and then there's, like, special events, like Mm. the Flower Festival or whatever, or the Jelly Festival. You might get something where, like, instead of getting... Hey, a bunch of stuff that happens on your card. Some of it might be good, some of it might be bad. It might be just everybody rolls a dice, and if 
they roll heart, then they get a free. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's, that's, that's a nice thing. Getting more understanding about how the classes themselves work. I've tried out most of the different starting tools now. Hmm. Um, that, that some are just better than others for, for solo mode. Yeah. Like, so I think when we played together, I played with the hoe. Yes. Which allows you to plant crops on top of other crops that already exist. Yeah. And the more upgraded it is, the more, the more uh, things you're allowed stack. to do that. Because I yeah. think you're only allowed to, do, the first upgrade only lets you do it once per buying action. Yeah. And later on, it's like, you can do it as many times as you want. But at that point, you've already spent a lot on upgrading it. Yeah. You're probably quite few the, far through the game. And remember, in winter, there's no fucking seeds, so you can't plant anything. Yeah. I do appreciate the Stardew Valley's, like, it's obviously got a little bit of a thing of people have probably played the video game. It's like, don't worry, if you change seasons, the other crops don't die. Yay. So, so it's okay, it's alright, right? Be cool. Yeah, very much enjoying it, very much looking forward to, to playing more of it, and uh, playing together again, and, and playing in, in, in larger player counts maybe at some point. Yeah. What about you? What else have you played? Um, I've mainly been, you know, I've I've been replaying through um the English dub that's now available for uh, Like a Dragon, Gaiden, the man who erased his name. No sign of his name yet. Uh, no sign of his name yet. Well, I mean, there's a lot of signs of his name. Everyone knows he's Kiryu, despite the fact what? that he he, he put Kiryu. a he put a <laughs> pair of glasses on. How would people recognize him? He did the Clark Kent and somehow was noticed. Yeah, I like. I know a lot of people, you know, are not keen on the English dub because it's not the voice they know for Kiryu. But I, I really, I've really enjoyed the dub. I think it's it's done a really good job of both the silly and the serious scenes. You know, uh, fit fit tone wise very mm. well. I yeah, I've been re replaying it on stream. Just by by the time that this goes up, I probably will have finished that that stream replay. Just in time to start Infinite Wealth on stream on the day it comes out. Nice. But yeah, there are definitely things in this playthrough of The Man Who Raised His Name that I completely missed entirely the first time through. Nice. Um, that I'm really enjoying. I don't know, I don't remember if I've talked about it on here. I might have done. I played like five, six hours of a slot car racing minigame. I've watched you stream it. I can't remember if I've I can't remember if I've week. talked about it here, but yeah, I this is a recurring minigame in the Yakuza series that I have never really put much time into because I play the first two or three races and they just hold down the button and win. Mm. And, you know, I go, eh, it doesn't seem that fun, and I walk away. You didn't get into customising your I car. I didn't get far enough to start getting challenged and required to customise my vehicle and uh, working out, like, okay, let me map out the, the map in advance. Let me look at the layout. Okay, well, it's got that much grass. Do I go for the grass tyres? Well, no, there's a lot of uphills as well, and that grass comes after a jump, so maybe I can, j if I go fast enough, I can jump over most of the grass and I won't need the grass tyres. And uh, can I afford to put, like, the really fast motor in? It's got a lot of, like, winding turns. Will I have enough meter to, like, keep myself from, like, flying off the track? Uh, the technique that I learned that, that, that works very well is, if you're going to do a boost on a very wibbly-windy track... Uh, where boosting on a corner is probably going to throw you off the, off the track. Mm. You wait until you're on the inside track if it's one that's got like a big loop-de-loop -loop mm -hmm. that does like four loops in a row, because uh, the inside track is the one that, that does the four loops all at once. You boost just before you get into that. Most of your boost will be used doing the four loop-de-loops, oh. um, so that by the time you reach the corner, hopefully you'll have slowed down enough again to 
uh, you know, to take the corner all I right. I guess it's technically a very, very long straight. Yeah, it's just a very, very long straight that, like, is, is easy to recognise coming up. Oh. Um, yeah, I put a lot of time into that. I bought the DLC for this that Ooh. I hadn't previously played, which was like, it was like four or five pounds and it was like three additional characters for the, uh, the Colosseum uh, oh, yeah. combat mode. Uh, like some characters from some of the older games, like Majima is one of them. Yeah. And the thing that I hadn't really played around with until like right at the end of the Colosseum content when I did my first playthrough of this, and I made a lot more use of this time around, was you can do all the Colosseum fights in this game as any one of the characters you recruit into your little fight club. Yeah, I vaguely remember you mentioning yeah, that. Yeah, and they all have unique combat styles. They all have their own unique fighting systems. Okay. Like... There there are entire characters that play, like, completely differently from any others, and it's so wild how much effort was clearly put into making a roster of, like, 20, 30 unique fighters mm. for a side mode that you could just, like, most people will just play as Kiryu, and, like, you know, only for the, the like, the Royal Rumble matches, like, invite everyone else in to automate. But yeah. it's like, well, yeah, I can just play as this man who's got a chicken for a head who can do, like, infinite juggle combos with his kicks and then fire machine guns at everyone. Mm. Or I can go be Majima and just, like, do backflips while I'm stabbing people. Yeah, there's a lot more to that mode than I realised, even if the optional final boss of the, of the Colosseum storyline that I hadn't realised existed is a little bit bullshit in some of its mechanics. Uh-huh. Um, it, 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 he's got a mechanic that involves automatically regaining health over time, but also regaining health anytime he hits you, meaning mm-hmm. that you can't play cautiously because he'll be automatically recovering health while you're like waiting for a good opening, yeah. but you can't play aggressive because if he gets a hit on you, he's going to recover health. And that's a little bit bullshit. That's a little bit bullshit. Um, but yeah... I continue to very much enjoy this, and I'm very excited for Infinite Wealth. Um, the day that we're recording this, reviews uh, for the game went out and seemed to be very positive, and specifically, it's been nice. I've, I've not read too much, but it's been nice reading that there is a lot of understanding in it, apparently, of modern Hawaiian global politics in terms mm. of the way that the United States treats Hawaii, in terms of the uh, negative impact of the tourism industry on Hawaii is recognised, and I'm like... That's cool to hear. Mm. I'm glad to hear it's respectful of the setting. Yes. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been enjoying that. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing? Well, we played a couple of missions of Frosthaven over the weekend. We, we did. We got our group together and bashed out a couple of uh, big missions. We continued our attempt to to make peace in a in a, 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 a war that is threatening to happen. It sure is threatening. Um, but we're doing our little best. Yeah. Um. I know we say this every time we talk about Frosthaven. Mm-hmm. I continue to be impressed at the variety of different mechanics they come up with to make those missions feel unique. Yeah, I mean, considering that like the the maps are like uh, puzzle pieces that slot together of various sizes and shapes, they're two-sided, so I guess you can get a decent amount out of that. But just the number of different missions you can do, the way they can mess around with mechanics... Yeah. The way that you can put things together. Like, we, we did one where you were, we were basically gathering a thing. Yeah. And it, it was a lot of, okay, we need to keep the enemies away from these areas, so, otherwise more stuff will not spawn. Yeah, we need the stuff to accumulate. Uh, so we gotta, we gotta stay, we gotta keep the enemies away, but also we've gotta be close enough to keep the enemies away without being close ourselves. And because of the way picking that stuff up works, we're going to have to be very careful about how much, how many cards we've got left 
Because if we exhaust yeah. too soon, we're not going to be able to pick everything up and we're going to have be absolutely swamped with enemies. Yeah. Which and, is just constantly respawning. And the stuff doesn't isn't going to accumulate on the turns we go and pick it up. So trying to like make as few trips as possible while not risking the stuff being destroyed before we got a chance to uh, go collect it was like a really interesting mechanic set for something that like was exactly the same game tools as we've been using before. Yeah, it was great. Very yeah. clever. Well done, everyone involved. They they continue to be coming up with interesting ideas for how to use the bits in that box. Yeah. We are finally approaching the end of the first winter. Yeah. We're certainly over halfway. Uh, we've built a bunch of buildings. We've had some, um, like, fights, some town fights that we've had to deal with. Yeah. The city and um, road events continue to be fascinating. Just the concept of evolving events that might come back might might be nothing might have to uh you might add new things based on stuff you've done before i really like the way it evolves as you play i think that's very cool yeah uh what else have you played um i've not played a lot else this week um yeah honestly i think that's that's really about it it's it's just been it's just been Palworld and and yakuza and Frosthaven, really. What about mm. you? I played a couple of things I will mention very quickly. I don't have a lot to say about them. Uh, I played a game called Inca- In- Enchanted, mm-hmm. which is... Um, this is I-double-N. I-double-N, yes. Yes. Uh, you are a bunch of little adventure people, like your typical sort of fantasy RPG group, and they've gone to go and see their uncles in, but there's a wizard there who is being cheeky and is like, hey, uh, it's my inn now. And you're going to have to run it for me, otherwise your uncle's never getting it back. <laughs> Which is a weird concept for a game, but the, basically it is a bit in that sort of uh, cook-serve-delicious okay. type thing yeah. of everyone's working together to serve guests, clear tables, collect money, um, restock items, that sort of stuff. And it ev- evolves and gets harder and harder. I heard someone describe it as... A bit like Mario Party, where instead of being lots of games, it's one game that just gets more and more and more complicated. Okay. Um, It's got, like, some uh, bot friends that you can sort of call in and they will do basic tasks. Mm. But I don't know if it really works very well in solo yet. I've not played uh-huh. a huge amount, but um, I've got the feeling that it's one of those would definitely be better with friends. And a little bit of chaos. Yeah. An ability to communicate beyond going, I held down the right bumper and asked it to clean the tables or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. I got, I got it in a recent board game bundle. I don't yeah. know. It's not a board game, but there it is. <laughs> um, and the other thing is roundabout. Okay. Which I, so you are, Driving the world's first revolving limousine. Oh, I saw you playing this the other day. Yes, I remember hearing about this, oh, wow, probably a very long time ago. I, I think I remember Total Biscuit talking about it on that would be a the while Game Station ago. podcast that at w- some point. Yeah. It's got weird little FMV scenes. It's got very strange characters. And your limousine is constantly revolving. I, I don't remember buying it. But I, you won't I, it. I assume it again. It came in some sort of bundle, and I just claimed it without really ever getting around to it. But it's happened a few times recently. Things on the on the Steam Deck get categorized by runs well on deck or great on yeah. deck, playable, so verified. Yeah, it had a tick. I was like, you know what? It's been sat there. Let's 
let's make the effort to give it a try. It's fine. It's bigger than I thought it was. At one point, I was like, I think I've done everything in this game. And then I kept seeing numbers on the pause screen going, no, you've done less than a quarter of everything, so try and work out where the next area is. I did. Uh, but then we had a bunch of stuff to do. So yeah, it's um weird, weird choice. It feels like very meme Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it, 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 it does run well on deck and it's an interesting concept of, yes, I must go around roundabouts and weave my way through the trees <laughs> as, as my vehicle rotates carefully. Uh, yeah, and that's about everything. Well then, time for this. Okay, a little bit of, a little bit of pink there. Uh, uh-huh. Um, oh, hey. black maybe. Hey. Oh, hi, Han. Hi, um, uh, a little bit I, um, there. Look, there's nothing, along there's nothing wrong with uh-huh, it, but like, uh-huh, uh-huh. out of curiosity, why are you drawing on squares on yourself in Sharpie? Well, I figured if I could pixelate myself, right. I could go and live in Stardew Valley. Because then I'd have like a house and I'd be able to grow my own crops because I'd have some some land that was mine. And, you know, I would have the ability to overthrow the terrifying corporation that wants to destroy everything that is beautiful around me. You're not wrong. I do think it's going to take more than pixelation. Think I should start talking to my granddad again? Oh god, no. <laughs> you, uh, want some of that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Did you know? Yeah. Right. right. That, um, Ragnarok is, uh, is coming. Or that that end of the world thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, look here, right? Natural disasters. Yeah. The the world yeah. is is to be drowned, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know the the gods are gonna you know many of them are gonna are d- gonna die, right? Well, I suppose. And, well, you know these days, of course. We have, you know, replaced, uh, certainly in, in the West, we have replaced, uh, gods or God or, you know, any, any number of, uh, deities. Uh, deities, yeah, thanks. Uh, we've replaced them with, like, celebrities, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, cause, that we, you know, we worship celebrities, footballers, stuff like well, that. I mean, not yeah. we, but no, yeah, no, yeah, no, I get no, you. No, I'll I'll get get you. I don't, yeah. I don't worship anyone, you know. No, no, no. Well, you know, my mum's all right, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, uh, I guess that means that you know, a lot of celebrities are gonna have to, you know, start fighting each other, you know. You've heard of diss tracks, I imagine it's only going to get worse, you know. I mean... I Maybe mean, Elon and Zuckerberg are finally going to get that, uh, that I, fight. I, I was about to say, that does seem like, you know, the, the gods are starting... The, 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 at least it. the threat of the gods fighting, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, maybe maybe that's going to happen, you know. They, uh, they, will, they will fight and then, uh, you know, I guess we all get to be born again from a tree. I mean, I can think of worse things than 
us being reborn from a tree without the billionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what, past that, I am going to keep smoking this tree. <laughs> yeah. Feeling yeah. reborn yet? I'm feeling pretty fucking reborn yet. <coughs> so, huh, what have you put into your eyes? I watched eyes. a film this week, film. as I as I have been doing on a semi-regular basis. A whole you film know. in your face. I put an entire film in my face. Wow. I watched the movie uh, musical of Mean Girls. Aha. Uh-huh. It's a musical? It's a musical. <laughs> it's a musical, despite all attempts to hide that fact. Um... If you've seen the movie Mean Girls, you want, you know the general gist of the story. Girl lives out in th- out in the wild with her mum. Kenya, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Uh, and then moves to a school in America and is like, I am not familiar with the social norms going on around me. I I I got to I got to deal with that now. Um, there are some very mean girls, the, the sort of popular clique, and there is a degree of befriend them. Oh no, you trusted the leopards eating faces party not to eat your face. Uh-oh. Uh, oopsie. I think this story works well as a musical because oh. it is an inherently kind of exaggerated, stupid, silly concept. A lot of the plot beats of Mean Girls are very high melodrama and require some leaps of character that require, like, they require you not to think too hard about the actions being done until later you look back and go, actually, yeah, that was kind of kind of overstepping a line. Mm. And I think a musical is a good avenue for that. I think that being critical, some of the none of the performances sounded bad, but some of the performances didn't put the right emphasis on sung lyrics to really hit home some of the jokes that were meant to exist. Ooh. Like, it's not a common issue, but there's occasionally moments where I'm like, you, you, you didn't deliver a punchline that existed there. You kind of sung it without, uh, telling the joke that was there. Right. And this has been a bit more evident because I've since gone and listened to the, like, stage musical soundtrack. And. Was this during the Everything's Got a Musical era? A little bit. But yeah, there there are certain things where I'm like, oh yeah, no, 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 I'm not, go- I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not ragging on the movie, but there are definitely bits where the music, the original musical, better emphasizes a joke that completely like kind of floated past me in the movie because right. it wasn't emphasized well. Ooh. Not a huge issue, little bit, uh, just a little thing. Um, I still think it's worth watching. I think it's well, it's well paced. It is as much of an emotional train wreck to watch as Mean Girls ever is, uh-huh. uh, in that it is a uh, you have to watch uh, you have to watch terrible decisions get made in slow motion and go, oh the tra- oh the train wreck is coming oh the train wreck is coming like the um, manga bus yeah but I I like some of the the things they have modernized and some of the things that were implications in the original movie that are just made a lot more explicit here. It's gayer, right? It, it's definitely gayer. Yay! It's, it's definitely... Would you say it's almost too gay to function? I would say it's almost <laughs> too gay to function. But yeah, I, I think it is generally, like, the, the actors are well chosen. I think they do a lot of good performances and fit fit the roles they're doing. I, I think it is a good, enjoyable time. You know, it's got a couple of moments where, like, a joke could have been done better and could have mm. hit better, but, like... 
it it's not enough that I didn't enjoy my time with it. Yeah. Um yeah, what about you? What have you watched this week? Um, not a huge amount. Not a huge amount. We've been we've been busy. We've been socialising. Yeah. So um, there wasn't a, a huge amount of, of watching. But I did watch uh, the latest episode of the continuing <sighs> unfolding nonsense regarding The Completionist. Yeah, this is like an hour and a half long, right? This is an hour and a half long. I yeah. haven't started on it yet. I was going to watch it and then I was like, oh yeah, I don't have an hour and a half yet for this. <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah, I had it on the on the background while I, I was getting on with with other things. So basically, for anyone who doesn't know, the completionist uh, Gerard Galil has done a bunch of uh, like charity streams, like, yeah. like annual charity streams, to raise money for frontotemporal dementia. I think yes, it is. that's the one because uh, his uh, mother died after a a battle with um that particular type of dementia and it was all about raising like op- starting a charity raising money for that yeah and it kind of got uncovered by uh Carl Jobs who does a lot of this sort of research things into people who cheat or lie or steal or whatever yeah billy mitchell's a big a regular target yeah. there yeah um and the main thing seems to be that a lot of money has been raised, but none of it seems to have actually gone where it was supposed to go. Yeah. At least until this started getting investigated, at which point about $650,000 finally did get sent to the people. And seemingly, based on some of the phone calls, uh, or, or some of the phone call recordings that is in at least one of, this is, I think, like the third video now. Hmm. Where they actual actually spoke to uh, spoke to Gerard and was like, "What what is the situation here, and why, and what, and how much did you know?" And uh, sort of seemingly almost immediately after that, the the payment got made so that uh, nothing further could be a- accused. But there does seem to still be from from based on the video that that not everything is uh, accounted for just yet. Yeah, last last I heard, the situation seemed to be. The direct donations had been made. Um, additional funds for things like Twitch bits donation uh, subs, um, indie game sales, the golf tournament weren't entirely accounted for. Yes, um, especially not the golf the golf tournament, I believe, or yeah. tournaments. Uh, again, an annual thing. So that's deeply concerning. But basically, this uh, this lawyer looked at one or two of of Carl's videos and decided to just go on this long dissection and going, well, I'm a lawyer, I understand all of these things, and not in a legal-legal type, I'm going to actually look at this properly properly and and take things apart. It seems like he's just gone, well, I don't don't like this completionist guy, but I do very much like, uh, sorry, I don't like this uh, Carl Jobs guy, but I, I do very much support this completionist, whoever he might, but seems to have no connection and yet is still very... Very one-sided about this whole situation. Mm, okay. This person has a YouTube channel, This, but is apparently also, like, an, an actual lawyer. Yeah. But, uh, but has, hasn't has actually done any research into the whole situation. Just watched Carl's video and was like, oh, you've, you've done this, that, and the other wrong. Misquotes him several times and then t- t- takes sides. And then Carl admits, like, this isn't the whole story. That that video is not the whole story. I have a lot more research, but I have to cut it down, partly because we're not doing legal thing, because I'm not a legal channel. Yeah. I talk to people and explain it in uh, in layman's terms, in, in terms that everyone can understand, even if they're not part of California legal system or wherever. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, it's it's quite a thorough dis- dissection of, of the whole situation and explaining there is more evidence. And also, you'd like you don't seem to have done any of it beyond watching my videos. And then, like at one point, he misquotes Carl while putting a transcribed quote on yeah. the screen that is different to what he's just said. Like, how did you not? Like even in the editing, you'd have gone, ah, shit! Uh, oh, that's that's yeah, that's not what happened there, is it? Uh, look, I'll say this: if Carl Jobst is ever making videos about you, you know, maybe having misled people, just assume he's got evidence he's not yet shared. Because if the Billy Mitchell situation has shown anything, is Carl Jobst is more than happy to sit on a piece of evidence and let you dig yourself a hole for a while, and then go, cool, you've insisted, like several times in a row that this isn't the case cool here's the evidence uh yeah yeah. he he really does enjoy a good sit and make you squirm at how long you kept the lie going that he knew was a lie yes so um yeah it's it was a a fascinating video into that whole more of that whole story and also people just being very weird on the internet yeah of of deciding they're going to take a side where they where they seem to have no horse in the game yeah. But uh, there we go. Have Paras- you anything else? Parasocial relationships being what they, they are. are. Yeah, what have I what have I watched this week? Um I finally started watching uh Pokemon Horizons, which is the Pokemon series that doesn't have Ash in it. It's the new anime oh, okay. that, that doesn't have Ash. I was like, it's not concierge. Is no, it? no, no, no. I'm not. I've, I've, I'm, I'm saving that one yeah. for the right time. The little stop so motion animated, animated one. Animated one. Yeah, so this is Central. animated one. Of two, well, so far I've only met one of them, but my understanding is there's two young protagonists, neither of whom are Ash. Initially, it seemed like it was going to be, the setup was going to be like uh, Scarlet and Violet, because it's, you know, children at school learning stuff. Except they're not in Paldea, the region from Scarlet and Violet. Mm -hmm. And then very quickly, it's like, (laughs) I've watched three episodes. Mm -hmm. And the first episode, I was like, cool, this is going to be a nice little slice of life adventure of a person at Pokemon school. And it very quickly becomes... Nope, we are kidnapping you out of this situation and like high stakes drama's happening. And I like three episodes in, we're still sort of getting whisked along an adventure without a clear understanding of exactly what's going on and who wants what and why. Uh, she's just sort of been like an evil group was trying to steal her pendant that might be the Pokemon Terrapagos from the second DLC of Scarlet and Violet. Right. Um, and then st- some counter group comes in who were paid by her mother or grandmother to like be her bodyguards, fly in on a blimp with like uh-huh. a Pikachu in a in a captain's hat Aww. to come save her, to like come fight off the other the, the group that was trying to steal the pendant for reasons. A lot of like dramatic anime stuff is happening right. very quickly. It has wasted no time sprinting towards like shonen anime action stuff. Okay. Um, with that in mind, could it maybe be a translation issue? I don't think so. I think it is it's just... just I, I think it's just... We just want to have a, have a fucking go, go, go. We, we've got a story to tell. Look go. at the pretty girls. We'll get um, there eventually. And like, look, it, it, it's giving... It's doing a lot of setup of interesting characters. Um, there's some nice, you know, character dynamics being set up. Even if it's a lot of... There's no time to explain. Go. <laughs> that The fight scenes are gorgeous. Mm. The the Pokemon, the animated Pokemon fight scenes are some are, are definitely the nicest animated Pokemon fights I've seen. Mm. Absolutely gorgeous. I need to watch more of it. I need to get more of a sense of what the actual plot is, other than this team wants to steal the necklace. This team is protecting her and the necklace. Okay. Uh, that is is probably the Pokemon that lets terrestrialization happen. Oh. But 
the char- the characters seem endearing. I like I like the so the main character's partner Pokemon is Sprigatito, the little grass cat from Scarlet and Violet, yeah. and they have done a great job of characterizing that cat as a cat. Excellent. Um, I I am enjoying it. It's it's gorgeously done. It's it's. I was going to say well-paced. It's very fast-paced. Um, when you say it's a school for Pokemon, do you mean it's a school for trainers? It's a school. Or? It's a school for trainers, but like on your first day, you get a Pokemon, and you okay. are uh, like doing like battle classes and stuff at school. Does it's... school school exist in the Pokemon world? I mean, the impression I get is this is school school, but it's also Pokemon school. Okay. It's it's both both school. Okay, kind kinda. But yeah, I I am enjoying it so far, even if I feel. It feels like it, it it could do with just stopping and taking a second to breathe. <laughs> what about you? You watched anything else? Uh, yeah, I watched... Uh, I'm sure I find the name of the channel. Uh, I watched a video on the Megalag channel about those colorblind classes. Do you remember these oh, a few years I ago? I keep seeing this video in my recommended and haven't watched it yet. It's the- funny. I found it in your recommended videos because I was uploading um, <laughs> accessibility and I was like, that looks interesting. I want to know about the scam yes. of the colorblind this, glasses. This is the glasses that, that you would see TikToks of people putting them on and being like, I see colors for the first time. And, and sobbing around yeah. family members and so yeah. forth. And... So just was just like, hey, I'm a little bit colorblind, or I have a type of colorblindness. Um, I manage to get on. I do color grading for films, and that's still fine. Yeah. Occasionally, people have to go. That's a little bit purple. <laughs> and 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 like understanding how how to manage things like that. Yeah. But none of the answers is these ridiculous glasses that you keep saying. Yes. Firstly, the a, a lot of the, there's a lot of really Really dodgy stuff going on with these, seemingly. Like, uh, there was a, a YouTuber that, uh, or a YouTube couple that apparently um, did a whole series of things talking about how good it was. And they, like, at the end of their, their very first video, are like, well, yeah, we like them so much. We've got a, uh, a sponsorship, uh, uh, like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, oh. like a link, a discount link. Yeah, yeah. Use, use our link. So you you set up that promo code with the company already, having mm. not even tried these glasses on, and this the, that does seem a little bit sad. Yeah, they well, they stopped answering questions and were like, "Well, you're being very you're being very aggressive about this," and it's like, mm, that mean, also feels very. I sus. mean, look, the ideas always seemed really sus to me because those glasses can't be making your eyes see a color they couldn't otherwise see. All they can do is prevent certain colors. Reaching your eyes, surely, and you have reached the conclusion of two forty-five minute videos right there. Yeah, uh, including at some points talking to specialists, and the answer is no, they can't do anything. What they might do is with those uh, the blotch testers, the yeah. blotch tests, they might be able to tell you that uh, you might be able to distinguish between the colours. Like yes. you might be able to pick the numbers out of those things a lot quicker. Yeah, because like my my assumption was. You you can maybe lessen the you know if you've got like red blue colorblindness and you can't differentiate between the two mm-hmm. you could block one of them out more than usual via the lenses and then they would be differentiatable because you've created a, a an a, an inherent deficit yeah yeah kind of yeah they are like so the, some the, some of them seem to be different from each other and there's one brand that basically turned into Oh yeah, this is just a pair of like cheap five dollar 
Chinese glasses that you bought from uh, a factory and maybe put a tint over. Yeah. And they 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 don't do anything and you're charging a lot for basically claiming that they'll fix colorblindness issues. Some of uh, I think Inchroma was was the main company that um mm. they were being looked at and it's like they've got their own colorblind test on their website. In fact, if you google colorblind test online, I checked this one of the first they are literally the first option. Yeah. Their thing will tell you that probably that you've got a stronger kind of colorblindness than you have. Yeah. Because this person was like, yeah, I've I've done tests on three different sites. Two of them were ones that sell these glasses. Yeah. One of them were like, you've got a mild form of um, Jutan. Mm. And the other one was like, yeah, it's very strong Jutan. You, here are the glasses that you need for that. Mm. Uh, some a lot of them just seem to be like weird purple lenses. Some some of them are like orange in the middle, so ooh, pretty, ooh. but uh, maybe a little bit over the dra- over dramatic. Managed to get hold of one of the like scientists who is constantly quoted on the Enchroma website. Yeah, and basically got got them to go. Well, perhaps some things were misquoted or or, or taken out of context, but we couldn't necessarily do. He, he was very weird about his reactions to things like that. Sometimes he was just seemed to be saying a lot more than you would have expected from someone who seems to be involved in something that feels very, very scammy. Mm. And at other times, being a little bit like, well, no, we couldn't give all of the information. We couldn't give literally every result from, from the testing we did, because that would be ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was a very weird thing to watch. But uh, yeah, fascinating. Understandably, those glasses don't work. For yeah. exactly the reason you say, it's a deficiency of the cones, and the, wearing a lens is not going to fix that. Yes, it's, you know, a, a, all a lens can do is limit colours getting to your eyes. Yeah. You cannot add colours getting to your yeah. eyes. And like uh, the yellow glasses that sometimes people wear for driving or hunting, yeah. like that can be good for maybe preventing glare. Or helping you see in certain light levels. And and again, it's not to suggest that there isn't a potential benefit to being able to better differentiate between two colours. Even if this can't, like, say, let you see red, it might let you recognise that's not the same as that colour. And that might be really useful, but it's not the thing that they are claiming it is. Yes. Did and you know Jake Paul had advertised these at one point? Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, they 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 got him and somewhere because apparently he has some color blindness. It did the whole sobbing on camera thing. Oh my god, I've never seen this before. And apparently there's a, a later podcasts that was filmed that they managed to find a clip of where they were like, "Oh yeah, tell us about the color blind glasses." And he went, "Oh yeah, nothing. Absolute uh, absolute bullshit." I just, I was in a, you know, in a specific place with a lot of people watching me and and cameras on me, and I thought, well, I, I got to do something. It's like, yeah, you could have told the truth, dickhead. I mean, look, it's part of it is that, and I've seen some people who've said to the effect of, I can tell that that those two things are different colors now, and I couldn't before, and that's, you know, I thought, is that what is that what a new color is? Yeah, you know, it's it's a lot of. A lot of expectation placed on a moment. Yeah, it's like that whole um, stage hypnosis thing of people mm. become a little bit more suggestible when the audience are expecting things from them. Yes. Um, but yeah, very, very, very shady. And to the point where apparently one of the videos they found on the Inchroma website of a small child being like, oh yeah, this, like naming the colours of balloons, just like guessing at random colours. Yeah. And then putting the glasses on and going, this, 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 this. 
to all of them and, and getting them correct. And the, the, the person making the video is like, first of all, if that person's ever seen yellow before, how do they know that that one's called yellow? Yeah. Secondly, if you look really carefully in a lot of these shots, you can see the wrong colours, the ones the kid says, are written on the balloons in Sharpie. <laughs> That's on their freaking website. Yeah. Come on. It's so shady. But yeah, that 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 was my, my two deep dives this week. It sounds like an interesting deep dive. Yeah. Uh, have you watched anything else? Uh, that's it for me, really. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Hey, Laura. Yes? We've got a new sponsor. <laughs> Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you enjoy music? I do enjoy music. And do you sometimes hear a piece of music and you go, I want to know what that piece of music is? Well, I mean, I do. I do do that. Right. Well, you know how when you're really enjoying a piece of music, you just want to just get on and dance with it. You don't want to, you know, stop dancing to get your phone out and get some kind of similar app out. Oh, that will yeah, tell that you one. what the name of that tune is. And yeah, then say yeah. You know, if I'm if I'm like real drunk, I don't want to get my phone out to find out what that tune is. I'm having a good time dancing to it. Exactly. I drop drop my phone, you know. Exactly. And also, like, what if I just can't see my phone, or my hands are too sweaty and I can't touch the exactly. the, the thing on my phone? There's a lot of reasons I might not be able to get that app out on my phone and look at what what the song was. Well, worry not. Now you can check out. What's that tune.lol.net? <gasps> Tell me more. Well, what's that tune.lol.net is an app that runs constantly in the background of your phone, detecting any music that it hears and cataloging it for you. Uh, const- constantly, constantly you say. recording everything it hears, L- sending it back to a big database, analyzing every single thing, every single thing, it every is. sound near it. Yeah, mm. and it will tell you what the you know what's playing on next door's telly. I mean, for example. I mean, it, they're not wrong that it would solve the, the that that particular problem. Yeah, you might want to turn it off around UDP if you're walking around a supermarket. Otherwise, uh, oh no, it's I'm going to be. I'm reading in the terms and conditions. There is no turning it off once oh. you install it. Oh, yeah. Oh wow, that really just just seems to rootkit your phone, huh? Yeah. Wow, this is more invasive than Denuvo. That's that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's uh, yeah, no. no. You'll lose a little bit of privacy, but you will be able to find that exact white label album that was playing in that club that one time. I mean, I mean, it would save me having to listen to hours of their their playlist to work out what it was. So Ooh. that's what's that tune dot lol dot net end of code Q N P S two hundred and ninety one, and you can get this app that you probably want to restrict all of the. Oh no, you can't restrict any of the uh, access it has. Probably don't do this. Probably don't. I mean, I mean, convenience though. Oh god, they're in my phone. Ah. Oh god, ah, they're in my phone and changing the copy. I'm not allowed to say that either. Ah. But thank you for all of the things that this app is very good. It's not. It's very good. Ow! Why is my phone electrocuting me now? Ah. Ah. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So. uh... I've been I've been brainstorming. Right. I've been trying to come up with uh you know the next big thing for right. us. Right. Is that because we're now allowed to electrocute the brains of the interns? I mean, you know, uh, potato potato, you know, it right. might be connected, but uh you know, coming up with new ideas terribly difficult. Uh, yeah. you know, I I don't yeah. know how how the boffins do it. So uh 
I think we just uh, take a thing that's already popular and change it just enough that we're legally distinct. Right. And there's that very popular, uh, you know, creature collecting game. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the designs going, how little... How little can we change one of these to, you know, make it something new? So we got the uh, little yellow electric mouse. Right. Uh, what if How it... about a little blue electric mouse? We'll make it rounder. Uh, well, I mean, as long as we keep it electric, that's probably distinct from that and the little blue one that everyone thought was connected to the, the right, mouse. But right. it was it, that one's water, so right. it's electric yeah, yeah. now. So, so you clearly wouldn't want to mix those two. No, exactly. Uh, what if we take the fire horse? Right. Now it's a water ho- horse. Like it's, a, it's like got, a seahorse. Yeah, well, no, it's still a horse, and it looks like it's got flames, but right. it's just like they're blue flames because they're, right. they're water. Right. Well, I mean that sounds pretty shiny. I like that. Right. 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 Uh, what else could we do? What else could we do? Um, there's this one that is like a sphere uh, painted red on the top and white on the bottom. Right. We, we flip could them upside down. I think the evolution does that. Right. Uh, what if we right. make it a square? It's a square that's right. white on top, blue on the bottom, uh, white on the bottom. It, it, it's it's just a cube. Right, yeah, that's less yeah, rendering yeah. power. They have to render curves on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's way less. Uh, is it triangles? They say there's uh, triangles. Something like that. Yeah, Something like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not a fucking nerd, so well, I exactly. Uh, right. What other ones are there? Uh... Well, what if we had like uh, they have like a naming convention for like their uh, you know the science guys, right? Oh, so, yeah, something like that. What yeah. if we had a naming convention? Like, we could use, uh, like, uh, bands from the 70s or something. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. So, yeah. uh, we'll have, like, uh, Professor Duran Duran. Oh, I see, I see. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think that could work. Uh, what else, what else we got? We Can could... we put guns in it? You know how I love. I mean, the we sound already we already have gun sound effects and gun character models. It would be a waste not to use them. Right. Right. Yeah. We give the big orange. Sorry, no. Now it's red. That's different. Right. Yeah. Uh, fiery dragon. Right. A gun. Yeah. The, the orange one in the other game doesn't have a gun. No. No. Now it is Gunzard, I guess. Ch- charge. Charagun. Char K forty seven. You. You're a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your ears? Ah, uh, not a lot this week. Ah, uh, we we went. Not a lot we can report. Yeah. I mean, look, we we went we went and 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 listened to some music out. We went dancing. We went dancing. We heard music. Uh, won't won't name a specific band, but listened to a song that was just sounded like the song was angry at us. Yeah, they were they were doing like some okay at best reggae dubs for most of the night or most of their set, and then their last their last track was sounded like six different fire alarms going off, every different kind of siren that you could put on at once to go panic, something's wrong, get out. Yeah. Lay it over each other like car cra- car crash sounds and, it and louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. fire alarms. And then went a bit techno-y at a few, few points. And like I like techno, but that was not fun. It felt like having a panic attack. Yeah, that I I felt like I I needed to scream at the song. Yes, like it felt like the lyrics were ah. Well, many of them were to be fair. Yeah, because yeah. Because that is kind. They were like doing ah and then sampling it into infinity. And, but, like, there, w- there was a point, like, almost immediately that it ended, I wandered over to some friends who had been giving me some very, like, what the fuck is happening looks. And they were like, yeah, that w- that wasn't great. It reminded me of um, the 
I can't even remember who it was, but I think it was the US dealing with hostage takers at some point in the ah. 80s or 90s. And they just played horrible noise to try and basically torture the people inside and, until they gave up the hostages. It, it very much felt in that vibe. In fact, I, I quoted back, yeah, it feels like, please, please make the music stop hurting me. Why, why is the music angry? Why is the, I'm, why is the music mad uh, at please, me? Please, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. Please make the music I'll, stop I'll being be angry. I'll be good music. Please. I'm sorry. I don't know what I did. Yeah. yeah. I've never been as uncomfortable in the presence of, of ostensibly a song yes. as I was at that one. And I've listened to Extra Tone. <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah, other than that, uh we we listened to the 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 new uh the third episode of the Magnus Protocol. We did. Um that was real good. That that was really fascinating in a way that felt like they're trying to do something maybe a little bit different. I mean maybe yeah. maybe you could mix it in with with some of the other stuff, but I it feels a bit a bit like that something that wasn't hit on in Magnus Archives. Yeah. But it... but but also something that like I'm I'm fascinated by. It was good horror. Yeah. I I think the first three episodes have been really interesting because mm. the first one is barely feels like the Magnus Archives at all, and that it is largely set up for like a office politics yes. um uh character setting. The second feels very Magnus Archives in terms of the horror story it delivers feeling very in line with what you would expect from that. The third one, the third episode, I I think the thing that sets it apart, and I want to say this in the least spoiler way I can, which is the Magnus Archives is largely about the experiences of fears Hmm. and people experiencing not just a scary, unsettling thing happening, but being terrified during that experience yes. that is very inherent and to potentially thereafter for prolonged periods yeah it, it's very specific to the magnus archives that like the experience of abject terror at the thing that's happening mm. is very important to the magnus archives whereas this very much felt like a thing that is maybe horrifying to the listener yes but that wasn't as horrifying as you would expect to the participant or to the person it was happening to mm. and that was a really interesting change of tone because in the magnus archives uh, the horror story wouldn't be doing its job right if you didn't feel scared mm. if, if the person experiencing it didn't feel scared yes. and i wonder if there are narrative implications to a story about someone being a bit more at peace with the horror story they're going through. Mm. Um, I think it, I said that in a suitably not too spoilery yeah, way. It, it was interesting. It kind of reminded me of the one about uh, urban exploration in the first episode. Mm. Because thinking about it, that itself didn't seem really to have a lot of fear necessarily for the person experiencing it either. And then thinking about it last week, that was very much like the p- people around, the therapist even, but the the person themselves was very at, at comfort with mm. this thing that was happening, or or, I or they they were doing, right. which is I think fascinating. I I'm, I'm curious what what that might mean for. I mean that 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 I can certainly think of some ways you could interpret the end of the Magnus archives. Yeah, and people in this follow up having a different relationship to fear would be very interesting. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm very invested in in this. And new... I'm also fascinated about what's going on around the outside. Why do we have another character with the surname Bouchard? Is that just a coincidence? I, I can't imagine it's a coincidence. W- was there something interesting to find with the ARG? Because um, I don't... I don't know if you've mentioned it before, but uh, Magnus did uh, an ARG, which basically led to a YouTube video of a very old computer, basic, just seemingly just booting up, and a lot of the stuff on, on, on screen there seemed to be subtle hints towards something, question mark? Hmm. Not exactly sure what all that was about, but I guess we'll find out. But yes, I'm, I am curious what do. I am... Um, Wondering where we are going next with any of that. Yeah. Um, um, this, interestingly, was... I I don't remember last week's credits. I could double-check them. But this week was not written by Johnny. Yeah. This was written by one of the guest writers. And then with, uh, like, extra bits by uh, Johnny and Alex added. So... Yeah. Hmm. Curious. Um, but yeah, I, I'm super intrigued, and again, if you like horror and haven't listened to the Magnus Archives, go listen to it, and then go straight into the Magnus Protocol. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, what about you? You listened to anything else this week? Uh, yeah, we listened to the Frostbunk soundtrack while we were playing our, uh, our games of Frosthaven. We did. Because it's another one that's good, got good windy blowy noises that are are perfect for playing and game of Frost that isn't just listening to the Skyrim soundtrack over and over again. (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah very much enjoyed that uh we listened to a mix of uh dj asterix at boom festival 2023 that's like a two hour mix i think on youtube yeah. uh that's a very big tent they're all dancing around in boy howdy very colorful tent very indeed colorful tent indeed. and uh yeah some some good side trance to uh to get everyone in the mood and then today i listened to a bunch of corp line which is the loading ready run parody radio drive time show oh yes i think because season three is starting at the end of the month which people have been waiting a very long time for i want to say like seven or eight years at this point i I remember being introduced to it and they're just about being just about getting to the end of season two (laughs) and that feels like it was seven or eight years ago so very excited to be getting more quirk line yay uh, what about you? You listen to anything else? That's about it for me. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Melo, and welcome to A Taste of Bath. In this show, we, the cats of the house, review all the sources of water. Meow. First of all, we are here uh, at this puddle in the bathroom. When our servant person left for work this morning, there were big puddles on the bathroom floor. It tastes a bit soapy. Soapy, yeah, soapy. I'm, getting, I'm still gonna drink it though. I'm, I'm getting Rio mm, 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 and strawberry daiquiri. Mm. Next up, we have the drip from the tap. Mm. Now the sink taps in the bathroom are very different to the other taps, and we will be coming to those later. Mm. Lick. It tastes a bit of metal, mm, but mm, and there's mm. not much water. No, but it is water. There is, and I have. Mm, mm, there's a little bit of of lime scale that's fallen on my tongue, and <coughs> <coughs> mm, it's not good. I mm. don't like it. Okay, mm. next we have the toilet. Toilets. 
toilet. Mm, I love the toilet. Yum, yum, it, yum. it comes with different flavors all the time, yum, yum, depending yum. on how recently it was flushed. Mm, mm. I remember when the owners went away for a few days and they left the door open and I drank most of the water. Mm, it was good. <laughs> my tummy did not creep and my mouth did. Yeah, my tummy said bleh, but my mouth said om nom nom, more toilet water. Mm. And lastly, the bowl of water designed for me to drink from. Mm. Ech. Mm. Ech. Mm. I mean, it's there. It's fresh. The bowl was completely washed by our servant earlier. Worst water. Mm. Worst water. It's got a dust on it, I think. Mm. Worst, mm. worst water. Well, worst water. Worst water. And I think our servant should be replaced for giving it to us. It's mm. bad job. Bad. You're bad. Do better. Thank you for joining um, the show and join us next week when we will be telling us what care food makes our butt taste the best. Oh, oh, I've got a great idea for a video game. Sharp. Sorry? Sharp. We're just taking the top three sellers on Steam. We're going to run their whole concept, their art, and anything else we can probably even their marketing, through a bunch of AIs, and then we'll spit out the next popular thing in 6 to 12 months. But aren't you in the creative design team? Uh, yes. I thought we'd fired all of you. Apparently. Well, we have now. Goodbye. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> We're going to make all the money. I guess I'll go take my idea and make it myself. Actually, it's in your contract where any ideas you came up with during the course of working here do remain our property, so... Uh, cool. Well, I'll... Um, you have to tell me what your idea was now. What was the idea? Um, <laughs> it was um, Tetris, but upside down. And any other idea I have uh, will have happened after I left the building. Bye, then. <laughs> wasn't upside down Tetris. Well, upside down Tetris. <laughs> what was that? Nothing. Upside down Tetris. We're going to make a fortune. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Oh, you know, not too bad, mate. Not too bad, you know. Uh, a bit, uh, bit sleepy after the weekend, but, you know, bearing up the best I can. You, you, you doing all right? Oh, doing all right, doing all right. Yeah, you got, yeah, got to be annoyed yeah. by a thing I saw today, but otherwise all right. Yeah, yeah. what's, what's yeah. that? Yeah, well, I saw, I saw, uh, saw someone on, you know, social media, grumbled yeah, me yeah. for going on social media, but uh, well, yeah. uh, saw someone getting, uh, doing a very angry post, being like, I was on a, I was on a bus the other day, and oh, yeah. and I saw, I saw some young, perfectly healthy people. Uh, sat in the priority seating, and I uh, I told them that they had to move out of the seating because they didn't need it. Right. And they ha and 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 that youth told me to fuck off. How dare they using yeah, the seats yeah. they clearly don't need? And you know, clearly this person hadn't stopped to 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 think of what if that person was disabled and you just couldn't tell, and they yeah. were telling you to fuck off because you very aggressively tried to tell them they weren't disabled enough to sit in the disabled seat. Yeah, you know? because I, I imagine if you happen to be a person with an invisible illness that's, uh, or an invisible disability, I should say, that uh, you, you know, uh, probably had quite enough of people were judging you and telling you what you yeah. should and shouldn't be well, doing. It's weird, because I, I actually saw the opposite side of that on social media yeah. a week or so ago. Someone who was sat in the priority seats, wearing one of those, uh, please give oh, up your yeah, seat yeah, yeah. badges, which are, you know, recognised by uh, London Transport and so forth. 
And uh, they were told uh, quite aggressively by someone, you know, that you need to move. You're, yeah, you're, you're yeah, too yeah. young to be disabled. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was, you know, you, you don't you don't know someone. You yeah. don't know someone, and uh, you know. Th- then it, it's similar to something else I saw in a, in a similar vein of um, someone who had used a disabled toilet, yeah. uh, uh, assuming that uh, people were going to be uh, critical of them. Yeah. We, it, it, weirdly, it's almost the opposite. Of that. Someone going, "Well, I, you know, I use the disabled toilet, and and here you are. I've come out here to see that you're you're a wheelchair user. Oh, you must be sick of people like me." And you know that person would say, "Well, no, you know, I I understand the existence of invisible uh, illnesses, yeah. invisible diseases, you know, and you know." You might just be someone who needs the extra space for whatever reason. Yeah, you know, you can't just assume something. And you know, uh, you know, like many situations, the more people you know who are in uh, various minorities or various situations, that you will start to, you know, understand. No, I, I, I won't judge anyone else because I don't know what they're going through. Yeah. I don't know what their what their situation is, and you, you, yeah. you have to, you know, just accept when people say. Exactly. That they they need a thing. They need uh, some some assistance in some way. You know, yeah. there's 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 plenty of uh, you know neurodivergence issues where where someone might need some kind of allowance, and you can't assume that uh, they're they're getting uh, some unnecessary benefit just because they they need something that you don't. Yeah. And that that first example I saw, the thing that really rubbed me the wrong way about it was watching that person dig their heels in after the fact. Because a lot of people were like, hey, look, I have an invisible disability, would like detail what their disability was and going, you know, I'm young, I have this disability. If I was sat in that chair, you know, you and you told me, you know, kind of aggressively to get out of the chair, I'd be a bit pissed off too. And, you know, yeah. uh, every disabled person is going to have the patience yeah. the, but, to, to, be, to coddle you and explain yeah. their situation to but, you, or, or uh, nor do they have any requirement to whip out their, uh, you know, a, a printed diagnosis, a letter from yeah, their doctor explaining shit. A, a response every time really sort of hammers in like the, the, the hurdle you've got to get people over in this, yeah. uh, you know, people like that out of, which was every time her response would be, well, you've you've got a disability, so you're not able-bodied, so I wasn't talking about you. And it's like, well... You don't know. Yeah, but that's the point. If you had seen me in public, yeah, you wouldn't know that. You know, that person, that team you showered at could have had the same condition as me. You did not know. Yeah. You assumed they didn't. You know, you know, it's getting people over that hurdle. Yeah, it's of, that it's 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 that we can always tell thing again, yeah, isn't it? Really? Yeah. It's you, the, you assume you know other people better than than they know themselves. Yeah, and it's you know, not not stopping to make that thought of maybe I don't know. Th- you know, maybe that person in the priority seat knows their needs better than I do. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's. I saw, I was reading stories from people in the responses to that of. Uh, Apparently a really common one that a lot of uh, disabled people, even, you know, more visibly disabled people who are younger get, is old people. Old elderly people apparently get quite aggressive about those seats sometimes right, and go, yeah. you're too young to use that seat, that seat's yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was reading stories of people going, I was there visibly with crutches and, so, you know, an old person came up and was like, you don't need that seat, you're too young. You know, it's it's one of those, like... It doesn't matter I've broken my leg, ankle, exactly. whatever. It's, it's this sort of uh, assumption of, uh, you know, that that is not for you. You you can't need that because you don't fit my mental uh, map of what yeah. someone who needs this uh, looks like. I've got friends in their early to mid-twenties who, you know, need a, a stick to get around sometimes or much of the time, you know, have, uh, you know, issues with uh, rapidly depleting energy, chronic pain, all sorts of things like that, who would need a priority seat. 
and who certainly don't have uh, the spoons to deal with the kind of ableist to be like, no, you can't sit there. They probably give them a bop with a stick, to be honest. Honestly, <laughs> because yeah. frankly, you know, you n- some people, some people who are, you know, perhaps uh, additionally vulnerable will, you know, try and be as polite as possible, and you know, try and you know, try and explain things, try and say all sorts of things, and it doesn't always get them anywhere. And I can imagine if you've been through a lot of that. The, especially maybe even on the same day, to just turn around and go, fuck off, mate. Oh, I can understand how, how you get there and you don't feel that you need to give any more explanation because you don't. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> just fucking let let people, you know, know their own needs. Ugh. Yeah. That's <sighs> young, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Uh, good dog, mate. Good dog. Right, I think I'm going to uh, book some swimming. Oh, sounds lovely. So, Laura? Yes? You do things on the internet and people would like to know where those things what? are, so tell us, tell us, where can we find the things? I mean, you can find my stuff at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere on the internet. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills, uh, Blue Sky Mastodon, all the places. Uh... If you check out uh, my, my Twitch, you will see me Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific, streaming through Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Look forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you check out the new episode of Accessibility that'll be going up this week that is about uh, 20, 2024 being the year of high contrast modes in video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to getting that one out there. There will probably, by the time you hear this, be an episode, uh, a interview uh, between me and a photosensitive epilepsy consultant talking about Tekken 8 uh, that'll be up that I'm I'm real happy with. Excellent. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, yeah, Laura K. Buzz, you'll find all the stuff. What about you? Me? Well, I don't have unified branding, but I do have a link tree to weave it all together. It's linkter.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find the music and make the t-shirts I design. Uh, anything I happen to have written, uh, yeah, all of that good stuff, and uh, anything else that I, I happen to, to link at any future time. It's all going to be there, it's all good, and hopefully this collection of my links won't just randomly disappear one day without my knowledge. Woo. Uh, uh, yeah, you can help support me at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify all the late nights. Uh, well, Laura, huh, will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time. Be a stranger.